Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Here's the pitch. Swing and a drive toward the monster and left. This thing is way back. Is it high enough? Yes, it is. Goodbye, the Macho Man. Hits his first Red Sox home run the opposite way, and we are tied at three. Boy, that ball was smoked. You know, before the game, we were talking to Yoshida. Looked really controlled at bats in the opening day. And since then, seems a little jumpy. This one here, he kind of does exactly what you want to see lefties do at Fenway Park. He takes 96, controlled swing, gets ahead of the count, drives the ball up over the wall. He knew it right away. Will Fleming, Lou Merloni providing the color. Masataka Yoshida providing the bomb. 7-6 loss tonight. Masa does get his first home run in a Red Sox uniform. What a moment for him. What a smile on his face. As, uh, again, the Red Sox do end up losing tonight 7-6 against the Pirates as we welcome you back. Red Sox Review, you're with us tonight on WEEI. Tonight with Joe Wild, Joe Braverman's Inside the Glass. I'm Cooper Boardman. The number is 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Lines are going, so we'll just get right to it. Got a Jonathan in Brookline. He wants to talk some lineup. He wants to talk about the home run we just heard, and I think the bullpen as well. Jonathan, you're on. Hi, Mar- uh, hi, Joe. I love the show. So one point about Yoshida. So while he did hit his first home run today and he's sitting at 295, it's clear to me that he's not yet maximizing his potential. And what I mean by that is he's hitting the ball really hard, but he isn't elevating it. So coming into the night, Yoshida had an average exit velocity of 91, which would have ranked second in the MLB last year. The problem is Yoshida is hitting the ball into the ground. He has a launch angle of negative 5, where anything less than 10 is going to be a ground ball. So while we saw him hit three more ground balls tonight, I hope this homer is a sign of things to come. Yeah, we certainly hope it is. And, and Jonathan, I, I've met Jonathan before. He, me and him oh. got some coffee a couple a couple months ago. He's He's got a bright broadcasting future Big ahead. Time. Jonathan, good to, good to chat with you. Um I think it's a great point about Masataka Yoshida, and and it will be interesting to see how his his swing progression changes as the season moves on. Jonathan, appreciate the call. But it was nice to see him elevate one out to left center field. I've just been so impressed with 
the variety of at-bats we've gotten from Masataka Yoshida. Yeah, we've seen the ball hit on the ground a couple times, as, as Jonathan's pointed out, but we've seen him get some lift as well. And he, he's he been he's been a, a huge positive for the Red Sox already this season and what he's brought to the table. And it, it's... It's something to continue to remember. You know, he's had a ton of professional experience. He had that over in Japan. We obviously saw it in the World Baseball Classic, but he he got thrown into the fire right away as as the four batter in this lineup. Yes, he got a big contract, but he's responded so well to the pressure and and everything that came with signing on to this team and also the negativity that kind of came with the signing. I mean, we all read that article that came out on ESPN about him. Uh and it was from Kylie McDaniel. I, I, it was a couple months before the season began. And, and it seemed like a lot of people around Major League Baseball were down on the signing. They thought it was an overpay. I mean, some of the quotes out of that article were, were, were pretty telling. I mean, it was one international scouting director said that they that it was an overpay, too rich in my opinion. Another executive saying, I have no idea why the Red Sox signed him to this type of deal. Um, you know, I, I wish them luck. Uh, but, but he's not worth half of what they paid for him. And we got to see pretty quickly that he was a player that could rise to the occasion and, and also compete at this level. World Baseball Classic, you get all sorts of different types of talent, but a lot of elite talent go into that tournament. And we all remember the three-run home run he hit t- that he yanked. Or, Still in the air it's, right it, now. It's, I mean, that was unbelievable. And I think that was sort of eye-popping for a lot of people to say, okay, this guy's the real deal and then of course to set the RBI record in the tournament but then to come into this season and 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 provide some production in the middle of the lineup right out of the shoot I mean the first game he had three balls he hit over 100 miles per hour so he was already hitting rockets and I think it'll be interesting to see what the Red Sox do with this swing how much power he actually will provide for this team in the four spot but nice to see him go out to left field get that first home run I think you know I'm not gonna. T- you can't sit here and take a victory lap on on April. Yeah, third, only four right? games in, like, right? Yeah, right. But from every little bit that we've seen, I was you know I was at spring training and and watching him hit, and, and there are guys, and you know, look, I, there are plenty of guys that hit con- that are exit velocity kings that hit balls far that it doesn't work out for. The Red Sox have had some guys like that over the last few years, but he. It, it appears as though you could start the lap. And th- and that's kind of my point is like I, he is it has been extraordinary to to see what he has done over the start of, of this season and, and what we saw in the World Baseball Classic. And it's really just about the way that you feel about him in the lineup in this moment that when he comes to the plate. He is a danger. He is a threat. And again, the Red Sox, Alex Gore is not going to, you know, and, and High and Bloom and, and that entire, you know, department, the scouting department, Gus Quattlebaum and, and everybody that, you know, goes along with that aren't going to sit here and say, we got it right right now out loud. But I would imagine they feel that way because I, I and I remember, you know, when the, the scouting conversation about him was and this was in the offseason. This is before we saw an ounce of his power in the World Baseball Classic before certainly what we saw tonight. They said they felt as though there was a significant discrepancy between the way the industry was evaluating him and what the Red Sox saw from him. And that goes two ways. That could mean either the Red Sox are right or the Red Sox are wrong. And right now, they are right to this point in terms of what people thought of his power. And it's a, it, it is, it, you go that along with what he does in terms of his swing decisions. Uh, 
there's a lot to like, obviously, and the results have been there. But this isn't just a results thing. This is a process thing. And I think if you're the Red Sox, you're very happy where this process is at right now. And this is a decision that they almost had to be right on when you think about the offseason. I mean, you lose a player like Xander Bogarts, and you know it, it, it's sort of been interesting to see how the first four games have played out this year across Major League Baseball because the Red Sox offense has been the story in terms of positivity with this team through four contests. And they've been so good, you, you forget about how good Sander Bogarts is doing out in the West Coast. And, and if you haven't checked and you don't want to check, it's cool. maybe, maybe stay, no, you don't gotta, you maybe don't stay away it. from cool. it. But yeah. you needed to replace that production. And they've done it a couple different ways. Obviously, they added Yoshida, but of course, Justin Turner, Adam Duvall. It's paid dividends through four games. But to go out on a limb and make a decision on a guy like Yoshida, you really needed, especially to, to curry favor in this town, to, to get the good vibes back in some ways, to get him off on a good start. And that's been the case. Yeah, and, and you know, not that you take players specifically because they will be beloved based yeah. on who they are or anything, but he is somebody that uh, seems to be very easy to love. Everything that he has said, the excitement level around being in a Red Sox uniform and then the play on the field. All of, the, all of that kind of coming together. I think, too, very quietly and on a night where we came in talking about how brutal it is to try to catch fly balls at Fenway Park over the last four days, very quietly in a very difficult left field, he's done a very nice job, you know, barring, you know, just a couple of moments uh, over the course of the first four days. But when you talk about what this Red Sox offense can be, and oh, by the way, there is not a team in Major League Baseball. I'm sitting here at 11.09 p.m. on Monday, April 3rd, after the fourth game of the season. No team in baseball has scored more runs than the Boston Red Sox. Nobody. I love the stat coming into tonight's game. It was circling around on Twitter and, and among the beat writers for the Red Sox that there were two other teams in Major League history that had scored nine or more runs in each of the first three games. One of the teams was the Big Red Machine, 1976 Cincinnati Reds, and, and the expectations for the Red Sox were not the same as that Cincinnati team that won the World Series against the Red Sox, actually, ironically, in 1975. Mm. The second team was was the Milwaukee Brewers in 1978, and and I don't know much about that team. Oh, you're it, deep in the almanac. So I right went now. I went back and looked it up on Baseball Reference. They had some players: Robin Yount, Paul Molitor. I mean, they had some dudes that could mash, and they won 93 games that year. Which, if they had the current playoff setup, I don't have it in front of me, but. They may have had a shot to actually make the playoffs. Obviously, it was different back in those days. But there is optimism knowing that the Red Sox, at the start of the season, are in good company. It's not to say it's going to stay this way, because it's not, to average nine runs a game. But I think it's something to hang your hat on as the season moves forward. So obviously, the biggest question mark continues to just be what they're getting on the pitching side of things. They're not fully healthy on the pitching side of things. So that's part of the story. But... Some guys you're hoping to rely upon, like Cutter Crawford tonight, they, they didn't get the job done. No. Uh, you know, I, a, a text line question just popped in. Again, Red Sox review with us tonight on WEEI, 617-779-7937. The number, uh, text line 37937 uh, with Joe Weil, Cooper Boardman here. Um, and Red Sox fall 7-6 to six against the Pirates. And the text line question is, is fixing the rotation as simple as getting Bayo Paxton and Garrett Whitlock healthy? Yes, uh, is the short answer. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's that simple, but obviously it would go a long way, and I'm not breaking any ground by saying that. But what it does with having Brian Bayo and the quality of stuff that he has, he's going to be very good. James Paxton, while he is an unknown, I, I, th- 
I am a, a James Paxton. Like I'm, I love him. Like I think that you're he a truther. Be, I am a truther. Yes, I am spreading the gospel of James Paxton. And then Garrett Whitlock. Obviously, we know who and what he is, and, and the electricity that he provides. What it does is it takes the pressure off of guys that at this juncture don't need to carry the piano that is the Red Sox rotation on their back right now. Cutter Crawford doesn't have to have five sterling innings if those if two of those guys, or one of those guys, is in the rotation. He has to he can be a long man. And I, you know, I, I think I'm a I guess as we said, we'll get to Cutter Crawford a little bit later on. But it pushes everything back, right? It makes life a lot easier. Um, and, and so all of a sudden, Tanner Houck gets to be maybe in a more hybrid role. Cutter Crawford gets to be in a more hybrid role. You're just putting guys in positions to succeed regardless of how good those three guys are. Yeah, and, and I, I think the way you just phrased that is, is the right way. The, the hybrid role part of it, because that might be where, where they excel the best. Tanner Houck... We saw through the first four innings on that start on Sunday. He was he was masterful. But the problem in his career has been that third time around. If you look at the career statistics, it, it jumps in that third time around. And that happens for a lot of pitchers. But it's a significant jump from, from second time around to third, guy, third time around. And we've seen what he can do in a reliever spot. I, I am so intrigued to see what Garrett Whitlock can do in the rotation. Because I, I thought in some ways he actually handled last year pretty well. Uh, the starting numbers compared to the reliever numbers, obviously there was a discrepancy, but he was thrust into the rotation mid-season. That's not easy to to do, to to go from one thing to the next. And, and because of how good he's been at the big league level, I, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do once he finally comes back. I know you had a chance to see him in Worcester. Yeah, dude, he's tantalizing. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I mean, he's just... Like there are just so few guys that get on the mound and look like that, and I don't mean to break it down that simple, but it, it is like it's just you. And I we I get your we saw him in Worcester over the weekend, and and in his first rehab start, he'll make one more in Florida, and then conceivably he will be back. And he looked really good. The changeup looked really good. The fastball has velocity. I mean, he feels good. You know, all these guys, especially at this juncture. Yeah, when if you're just and him and Bayo are in the same verbal boat, where it's like I'm ready, like I can go do this, like let's go, like I want to play. Uh, and obviously to build up and and all of that, they're going to take it very slow. You know, this week, think about it this way: we we've spent all this time talking about it. There's so much. There's 159 or 158 to go, and and, and that's what the Red Sox have their eyes on there. But you know, I. I He's a huge part of this, and he's going to be—he's a known, right? Like, yeah, you don't know what he's going to be like as a starter. You don't know if he's going to be able to give you six scoreless, you know, six quality starts consistently with length yet. Although you feel like he can, and obviously the Red Sox feel like they can because they want him to be a starter. But he's a known, right? Like, you know, he's going to be good. You know, he's going to be good, and in a starting rotation that where I think the knowns are—and tell me if you agree with this—I think the known is Whitlock. Is is good. <laughs> Just that simple. <laughs> I, I really do mean that. Like it's it's that simple. Like you know he's going to give you solid innings in whatever role that ends up being in. Especially in this, you know, if it, he's going to be four good ones every night, he goes out there, and then everything else is dessert to start the year. Brian Bayo's stuff is electric. You feel like he will come along. I know that's not maybe a fully rock solid known, but it's as close to it as there is right now in this rotation. And then that Nick Pavetta is going to give you innings. I think those are probably. I mean, is there? Am I missing anything? Well, the, I, I I'm not ready to get off the Kluber train. Quite yeah, yet. that's fair. That's and fair. only because he's coming off a nice season. Obviously, he's he's got a great pedigree coming in. Although on the back nine of his career, but 
I think that first start, he, he just didn't throw strikes, and and that's obviously a, a, something he needs to correct. But I, I think there's there's still time to figure it out. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we got to get to a break. Run it up against it. We're going to hear from the always introspective Cutter Crawford on the other side. I'm very interested to hear what he had to say about his outing tonight. He'll break it down for us. Then we'll break it down for him when we come back. Back in a moment. Red Sox review right here on Weei. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The 1-0 is hit high in the air in the center field. Back into Reynolds at the warning track. At the wall, it is gone! A titanic blast from Devers. His first of the season, and the Red Sox are on the board. The light show is underway at Fenway. Raffi gets the Red Sox back within two. It is three to one. Rafael Devers hitting his first home run of 2023. We're sure the first of many for the Red Sox star as Boston does fall today, seven to six against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Joe Weil with you. Cooper Boardman alongside Joe Braverman behind the glass. Got a text from our boss, Ken Laird. The Coop of Joe, the Coop of Joe show I like for this that. Monday. It's got evening. a ring to it. Does it does have a nice ring to a it. espresso on 1130 on your Monday night. We appreciate you joining us on Red Sox Review. The number to call in, 617-779-7937. And then the text line you could reach us as well, 37937. Tough one for Cutter Crawford, despite another nice offensive performance for the Red Sox. Again, three home runs tonight. Devers hits one. Tristan Costas also hits one. And then Masataka Yoshida going deep for the first time in his major league career. But Cutter Crawford, four innings pitched, eight hits, seven runs, two walks, six strikeouts. He gives up three bombs in the loss. And he talked to the media after the game and was very honest about his performance. I thought it was pretty awful. Um, physically, I felt good, but just didn't command the ball like I need to. Um, didn't execute pitches when I needed to. Um, you know, that's kind of the end of just just not a good performance on my part. Couple bad breaks in the first game, 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, no matter what kind of luck I get, I still need to make pitches, execute pitches to make outs, and I wasn't able to do that, you know, on the, the ball off the wall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, that, stuff, that kind of stuff happens, but um, I still got to execute pitches. What made Brandon Reynolds such a tough out tonight? Um, I think he just covered the zone. Uh, I think I pitched him pretty similar, you know, all three at-bats. I don't think I used my fastball enough against him, so he kind of got – I probably got a little predictable – um, and then, you know, just didn't execute pitches when I needed to. And, you know, you combine being a little predictable and not executing pitches, and, you know, you can see what happens. Alex, you said you kind of surprised by how the ball was flying out of here on the first four days. You kind of thought the same thing. I mean, I, when I leave pitches over the heart of the plate, you know, this is the big leagues. The guys are going to put the barrels on them. Um, you know, there's a lot of wind going on up there, but that's that's not a reason for me to – to sit here and say those balls shouldn't have been home runs. You know, I didn't make pitches, and, and they put a good swing on them, and, you know, the ball went out. So you hear the accountability there from Cutter Crawford in a pretty blunt statement right out of the shoot there uh, with the postgame press conference. I thought I was pretty awful. I mean, that that's as blunt as can be. And he also added, and this is true, and this is why this has to sting for the Red Sox tonight. He said, if I do my part tonight – we win pretty easily. The Sox post six runs. I thought it was pretty awful. There you go. There it is again. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the bluntness, and I'm sure Sox fans do as well. But it, it, if you don't want to – you could say it was pretty awful, but I do think the second part is, is the more important point. If I do my part tonight, we win pretty easily because despite giving up that three spot in the top of the first inning, which wasn't all his fault, the Sox get five back in the bottom of the first inning. The offense picks him up right away, but then he gives one up back into second. Brian Reynolds hits his first of two home runs, and then they tie it up in the third, and Reynolds goes deep along with uh, Jason DeLay. Uh, the nine-spot Still catcher, a fake name. Still a fake name. Still we're, do we're, not know. we're still pretty sure of it. Uh, you'll get a kick when you see delay in the home run part of the box score. You'll be like, D- delayed home run. It what just happened? Right. <laughs> uh, but a tough one for, for Cutter Crawford tonight, who comes into tonight in this season with a lot to prove to try to claim a rotation spot and just say on the major league roster too. Uh, I, I think he showed enough from last year that he's got a huge leash for that, but uh, a, a really tough one for him when, the Red Sox offense picks him up the way they did and, and give him some confidence to go back out there in the second inning with the lead, but gives it right back up. Yeah, tough day. I mean, just straight up tough day. And, and I, I, I could say everything that he said in those two yeah. minutes. You know, I mean, he, it was a wonderful summation of, of what this was for him. And, and you know, it's first of, of many that he's going to get. And, you know, what I, I am interested in, I've, there are a few things here. The first is I'm just interested in, in what his role ends up being. I think... Of the fringe guys, and obviously him being in the rotation actually solidifies this in itself, between him, and I don't mean fringe in terms of Major League roster, I just mean fringe in terms of where they fit in, in term, with the pitching situation as it's laid out right now, is he is at the top of the list, right? He is probably, and he's had more Major League time than, than Josh Winkowski to this point. Uh, he, you know, Brian Bayo is in the rotation, so that's that he's there. So he is kind of the the guy that I would say is could go either way, right? Like, and I think he has the stuff to be a major league starter. Remember, his career is again like the 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 fire has just started to burn on it, really. And I think of of the guys that we've seen again. My background in Worcester of the guys that we've seen come through. 
probably has the most diverse, other than Bayo. Bayo is like this special, you know, kind of unicorn thing that, you know, we're talking about. A unicorn of Phoenix, all of the above. <laughs> but cut, I Cutter, love that description. Yeah, there you go. I, I don't know where we're going, but we're here. <laughs> uh, Cutter Crawford, but when you look at the stuff, and, and I'm just, I'm hard-pressed, and I... If you take the, the, the thermometer out and, and go to the Red Sox fan's house and put it in the Cutter Crawford pool, it's probably a little bit cold right now, and I understand that. I, I, I get it from a results perspective. But I am hard-pressed to believe a guy who throws 95 and has top-quality spin on his fastball, which is a big deal, and the way that he used it up in his... It's funny, you know, the question about Brian Reynolds there, and, and he felt like he was a little bit too predictable. I love the way that he attacked Reynolds in the first inning. You know, and obviously the home run, you know, later on is, is brutal. And But he came in on him, he missed with a cutter, and then I think he threw a cutter for a strike, and then he, he beat him high with that fastball, big time. And, and so I, I'm hard-pressed to believe that a guy with that kind of fastball, with a cutter the way he's got, and then that's before you start having the conversations about the other three pitches, curveball, changeup, slider. The slider he used to finish off that first inning as well. I, I'm just hard-pressed to give up on somebody with that quality of stuff. And at some point, stuff wins. Like, And he talked about executing with his stuff, but his stuff is too good not to be good. I, I guess that's the point there. And, I, and it's backed up by previous experience. And, and if you're listening to me saying that, you say, okay, well, he, he posted a 5.47 ERA in 21 appearances last year. The FIP, which is fielding independent yeah, pitching. I love a FIP I'll, reference. I'll throw one in there. It's about a run under that. And the reason for that is because he actually strikes out a batter per He struck out a batter per inning last year. It was like right under that. He had 77 strikeouts in 77 and a third inning. So, okay, slightly under that. Sure. And on top of that, he, he had this stretch last year that, that really stood out to me. I was fortunate enough to to get a good chance or a good opportunity to see some of these games last year in the booth uh, with Will and Joe. He put this stretch together against teams that made the postseason. It was it was a six game stretch. It was five starts, one uh, relief appearance. He went two and one, two point three eight ERA, zero point nine four WHIP, just five walks in this span. It was against Tampa Bay, the Yankees, Toronto, Cleveland, and Houston. So a whole array of American League teams. Here's what he did. July 4th, this was a home game. It was, this was the relief appearance. Five and a third innings, two hits, no runs. Last July 9th against the Yankees, five innings, four hits, one run. Tampa, this is the one, and then it was back-to-back quality sure. starts. Three runs, six innings. It was against Tampa on July 14th. July 23rd against Toronto, three innings, six runs. Cleveland, one run, five and two-thirds innings pitched. That was on July 28th. And then against Houston, six innings, one run against the team that ended up winning the championship. I look at him as, uh, from a stuff perspective, and what you just talked about there is result, right? And, and, and you know, obviously they're, the only thing that matters in the end and, and the only thing that gets him, you know, sitting up at that press conference saying things that, you know, I thought I was pretty awful today is the result. And the result was not good today. But I look at him as somebody from a stuff perspective that can, if if the execution is there and consistent, and again, he's young and it's new and all of this, he can be a really big piece of this. He profiles to me and his baseball savant profile backs this up uh, to Jamison Tyone, who's a guy who for his entire career, former pirate, one of the, one of the many that got away with Garrett Cole and, and all that list of, of guys uh, that were former pirates and went on to get big paydays elsewhere and be great elsewhere. 
Jameson Tyone was a guy who, for a long time in his career, was a guy that was a stuff guy. Like, he had big-time stuff and just never quite matched stuff to potential. You know, stuff to result, really. And at a certain point, and really last year, it was a couple of years ago, but we saw it a lot last year, and it's the reason why the Cubs paid him as much money as they did, is because all of a sudden he really put it all together. That big curveball of his, the uh, the way he executes with the the hard stuff, and then that's before again you start talking about the the tertiary, uh, and I don't know the the word for fourth uh, after that. <laughs> no, the the third and fourth pitches, and. Again, this is somebody that, again, if you're a Red Sox fan, you're thinking about Cutter Crawford, you don't feel good, blah. It, he has the stuff to be not only a good pitcher, but a very, very, very big part of what they do as the season goes on. So give it, give it some time. That's that's really what I'm saying here. Just sit back and give it some time. And he's got a little bit of time with everybody, you know, starting to come back into the rotation. Garrett Whitlock, James Paxson, Brian Bayo. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. And by the way, that's like that only helps him. And right. that was the point we made earlier. Like that, it only gets better for him to be pitching in situations that they it, it, early, especially early on. You want to put him in positions to succeed at a big league level and build him into confidence in execution. But I buy it's only a matter of time. Yeah, and and I I don't want to hang the hat on this because he didn't in his post game press conference. You just heard him. I mean, he was he was as blunt as can be. But he did have six strikeouts in four innings. So there, there is still the ability to, to strike out hitters, which is so important in today's gan, uh, day and age because, you know, you just can't rely on contact uh, with, with the way people are swinging these days. If you want to chime in on the conversation, 617-779-7937. You can also text in at 379-37. This gets lost in all that's happening at the beginning of the season, it's such an obvious point that it, it almost feels like it's not worth bringing up. But it's been awesome to see Rafael Devers get off to a nice start this season. It's not a surprise, right? It's, the Red Sox signed him to such a massive contract that they believe in him. This is the guy that's going to take them into the next era of Red Sox baseball. He's the leader of the team now. But it, it's nice to see that that he hasn't skipped a beat from what we've seen in years past. And, and last year was such a, it was an interesting season. He dealt with some injuries. He got off to such a great start. He was red hot to begin the season. But it, it's nice to see him, despite the one miscue defensively in the first inning, go deep, right? 421 average to begin the season. He reaches base twice again. And just if you look at the game log to begin the year for Devers, right? He goes two for five in the first game. Three for five in the second game, two for five on Sunday, and then he gets on base twice today and he hits a bomb. Rafi is Rafi, right? Like, Rafi, it's funny because I, I feel like I'm, I'm mentally quoting Alex Cora when I say that. You know, Rafi is Rafi. And again, it's a loss tonight, and that's tough. And, and his, his, you know, the inability to catch that ball in left field is. You know, it's not the reason why they lost. There are a multitude of reasons why that why the game ends up the way it does. Didn't help his pitcher and Cutter Crawford certainly in that first inning, and it's it's a few runs that probably otherwise would not have been on the board. It would have been a lot harder to get there for sure. But what does a leader do? A leader does that. That's brutal, and there's frustration and all that. A leader comes out and he puts a ball, you know, a million feet to center field. 424, 107.6 off the bat. That'll play, I think. (laughs) And, uh, again, uh, as we kind of walk through it, and this this is early season figuring out what the whole deal is, 
Results great. Right? The 33 runs? Is that the number? I can't 33 that, runs. Right? Yep. 33 runs leading Major League Baseball to this point. Texas is second. They have 29. I mean, it's not close right now. Uh, so you have that. You look at the top of this lineup. The top of the lineup is going to be this rotation point. It's going to be Alex Verdugo. It's going to be Rob Refsnyder against left-handers. You know, Maybe we'll see you know, a, a, a little bit of Tristan Casas if there needs to be. But right now, I think Verdugo works up there. Some speed. The ability to get on base, et cetera, et cetera. And he had a three-hit performance today. Right. And I, I, they they saw big things from him before anybody else did. We'll see, obviously, how it all unfolds, but they have a lot of belief in him. Then you have Devers. We'll get back there in a second. Justin Turner, known commodity. Belief in Justin Turner. You know he's going to get on base. You know he's he has a chance to hit for some power. Masataki Yoshida, we've gotten into him the belief that he is this power is going to translate. We saw it translate today. That's great. Adam Duvall the belief that the power is going to translate from a couple of years ago after a lost season. Great. Tristan Costas, the ability to get on base. And then, by the way, the idea that after Christian Arroyo, who when he has been in the lineup and been healthy, has been an exit velocity king in his career, the idea that Kike Hernandez is hitting eighth in your lineup, that there is not pressure on him, and sometimes he's going to be the leadoff spot because that's great and he's hot and he can get on base. But the idea that he can be there... And, and can run produce if he needs to, but get on base if he needs to. Like, that's awesome. That is a great, uh, you know, that's a really good lineup. I'll start there. That's a really good lineup. And then just the, the long-winded uh, of all of this is to get to the point, which is Rafi Devers in that two spot as an elite top five hitter in this game, as he can and has been. <sighs> I have, I'm, and I know it's easy to sit here and say it after 33 runs in four days. I don't. That's a that's a lineup I'd put up against just about every other than the top echelon of the American League. And it's nice to see them hit the ball out of the ballpark as well. Because the interesting thing about the Red Sox offense last year, they were ninth in Major League Baseball in runs, first in doubles, ninth in OPS, ninth in slugging, sixth in on base percentage. The one thing they didn't really do that well in 2022 was was hit it out of the ballpark. They were 20th in Major League Baseball. They just had 155 yeah, home and runs. That's not going to work. Not, it's not going to work, and, and clearly it didn't for the Sox last year, although, again, there are other parts of the offense that picked it up, but they have added a power component, especially when you think about a guy like Adam Duvall. He didn't go deep today, but another nice effort out of him. He reaches base four times today, Cooper. Two walks, two hits, and what's really great to think about when you when you think about Adam Duvall is he's not a guy that has notoriously started off seasons well April March he's had a, a 718 OPS he's a career 218 hitter and May it gets a little bit better he starts to heat up in in June and and he's just been he's just been phenomenal for the Red Sox he's been a revelation yeah and and he needs to be uh it's fun. I mean, he he right. He he fits in the Red Sox uniform. He walks. He walks in the door. You're like, oh yeah, that's a Boston Red Sox. Like it's it is very clear. Like he's just got the Justin Turner something similar, right? And I don't know if it's just I'm feeling 20, 2013 in my bones or something. Uh, but it's, it's just the, it, the beard. Yeah, the whole, it's like the, the whole, whole deal. Like he looks like you, he could beat you up, and like that's a good thing. And, and I and you know he's been he's been really taking to Boston too. He he's been going to Bruins games from what what I've what I've seen out there. I mean, he's he's taking part in just being a a a, a resident here in Boston. But yeah. Sox fall seven to six against the Pittsburgh Pirates, so they fall to two and two on on this season. Pittsburgh two and two. Cutter Crawford the loss. He falls to zero and one. Four innings pitched. 
He gives up seven runs, eight hits. He does strike out six, but walks th- uh, walks two and does give up three bombs as well. One more note on the Sox offense today. One thing they did struggle to do uh, was was bring runners in. They did leave 12 men on base in this game, and that ended up hurting them in, in a couple different spots tonight, despite the fact they do put up six runs. So another nice offensive performance for the Red Sox tonight. But we'll see what they can do tomorrow to try to rebound and pick up a victory against Pittsburgh. We'll pause for a short break, and we'll come back to wrap up Red Sox Review here on WEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey! Uh-huh. Hey! Sox lose, but we got good vibes. Red Sox review. Joe Wild, Joe Braverman inside the glass. Cooper Foreman. You know, it's early in the season, right? You're 2-2. Two and two, You scored 33 runs. We've not gotten the call that, you know, wants to yell and scream tonight. So I, I appreciate that. Well, and let's be honest. Good vibes also because somebody's can, favorite men's yeah, basketball yeah, team just the, won the national the championship. The Connecticut Huskies are your national champions. Congratulations, New England. We've all won. <laughs> Sox, we, all, we all get to claim we it. We do, we do. As uh, again, Sox fall tonight seven to six. I saw. I, I was again. I was at the ballpark for a little bit tonight, and then, and uh, b- of course, before post game, I saw some UConn fans in the house. I mean, they they come out and represent. They, it's true. It's it's true. Like you go any like if there's a Husky fan there, you will know that there's a Husky fan there. Now you will really know because the Connecticut Huskies are national champions. I hope I hope I've broken some news for some people there. Uh, anyway, six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven is the number to call. You want to talk a little Huskies? I'll I'll talk if, if with you if you want. Uh, we're talking Red Sox here on Red Sox Review. Three seven nine three seven is the text line as well and um you know we i think just to kind of walk us through you know talk through a lot and it's a tough loss tonight cutter crawford you feel like is going to be a little bit better and um and and now the pressure is on for the rest of this series this is a series that and this is not a new you know we've been talking about this on the on these airwaves for for weeks now is the red sox have to get off to a good start because of what is looming beyond the next week and and you're going to play some some on paper bad teams to start the year and then it's going to get a lot harder a lot quicker and so you know you kind of looked at this pirate series not nothing is a must win it's april the third but you look at this series is one that you would very much like to win two out of three and now you've lost the first one and so tomorrow you'll, you'll see Ronzi Contreras for the Pirates against Nick Pavetta. The idea to put Pavetta, seven ten start, by the way, on these airwaves, of course. Uh, Nick Pavetta in that spot. And the idea, and Alex Cora said this, was, well, we're going to have Cutter, you know, who is still kind of getting his legs underneath him. And, and Crawford, by the way, for the, the difficulties of tonight, the one thing he did give them was some semblance of length. You know, it could have been a lot worse. Home runs don't take a lot of pitches. And so, you know, but Pavetta, the thought was put him on Tuesday and allow him to eat up some innings because that is what he does. And, and now not only do you need that, you need a good, a good start, obviously. Yeah. And, and they need a little bit of length out of Pavetta. I, they, they end up 
doing a nice job bullpen wise, piecing it together with with Zach Kelly, Richard Blyer, Caleb Wart, Ryan Brazier, and all those guys stepping up to give you some zeros, five combined scoreless innings. But this pitching staff is just dying for for some length. They they got some of it from Tanner Houck to give them five. But that's the longest outing they've gotten so far out of, out of everybody. Uh, I think we're sitting here like, like who's the dude it's going to be? Like, who's going to be the guy that goes out there and has the first, you know, sterling start of the season? Is it Nick tomorrow? I, I love the idea of it being him because of, of who he is and like the grit your teeth. I'm going to like end you kind of uh, mentality that he brings to the mound every single time he goes out there. Is it Kluber to bounce back? Is it sale on Thursday? I don't know. Uh, obviously, only time will tell. That's the other part of it too. Is on Wednesday you're going to get the Pirates' ace. I, it's not really like he's like a jack, I think. Like, I, but it's Mitch Keller, and it, it, you know the difficulties that that he had in his first start of the season. He's a really good pitcher on, on paper, and so you know that is one that you can flip the coin on. And so I think you know uh, tomorrow becomes obviously very very big. Although you just mixed in one of the greatest backhand compliments <laughs> I've ever heard. Not an ace, but he's a jack. Is it? Yeah, but I think it's I think it's a fair. It still point. wins you some hands. It can. It, cer- it certainly can. But I'm interested to see what Nick Pavetta can do because with Nick Pavetta, the stuff has always impressed. Uh, you know, Saris wrote a great article in the Athletic back in mid March about what he was seeing in spring training from him. The the break on his curveball and the fact that the the analytical numbers say that he should be better than than what he's done. The problem is he catches too much of the plate sometimes. Yeah. And it, and it has hurt him in years past. Last year, he was bottom five in the league in exit velocity uh, and also hard hit rate, 45.6 hard hit rate, which is 95 miles per hour or more. So it, 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 people make hard contact off of him. The stuff is, is if you can just harness it, locate, that, that, that could be a heck of a pitcher. The, the phrase... The analytics say that he should be better. I can just imagine someone pounding yes, on their yeah. car steering wheel right now. And the funniest part is I agree with you. I agree with you completely about that. It's it's absolutely true. And, you know, and, and oh, by the way, it's not like he's been a bad pitcher over the course of the last few years. He's had those big flashes in the postseason and all that. And uh, excited to, to just see him take the mound in 2023 and, uh, and see what all that looks like, especially with a brand new arsenal. A uh, little bit, you know, of difference in terms of his slider, throwing that a, a little bit harder, a little bit more break, and and the breaking stuff a little bit different. And so, you know, that's all part of it. And then, you know, as we kind of continue to walk through it, and again, we'll be back with you tomorrow night. Don't worry about that. Uh, right after Sox and Pirates finish up again from Fenway on a on a Tuesday night. Then you go to Detroit and you go on the road for the first time. And you, by the way, how about the poor Tigers? You start the year, you play the Rays, you get swept by the Rays, and then you know, okay, all right, well, we're done with them. The Astros and they get pounded. I think tonight again, they lost. Um, and then, and then the Red Sox really it starts to kind of it become a little bit more interesting. Red Sox go to Tampa, then you come back home, you face Anaheim. And then Twins, Brewers, Orioles, and then it just gets brutal. And and we've talked about that a lot. You get the Guardians are in there, the Phillies are in there, and so these are it, all of that is to say these are very important games in this moment. Not that they're not all important, but these are very important games at this point in the season. Yeah, you want to set the tone. Uh, you want to set the the tone right at the start of the season, and and you just talked about the the easy schedule for the Sox right out of the shoot here you got to rack up some victories because it does get a lot tougher for this team. You start to play some teams that, that have playoff aspirations, teams that have been in the playoffs consistently. I know the Rays are first on deck in terms of it being a team in that category, but 
Another day tomorrow. We'll see what Nick Pavetta can do. It, it'll be exciting to see what the Red Sox offense could do because three more home runs today. They had or they had 33 runs on the season now through four games. That's a pretty good rate. Joe, had a good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Cooper. Do it again tomorrow. Big time. Sox fall 7-6. We are back with you tomorrow after the game, of course, on the WEEI Shaw's and Star Market Radio Network. That's it for Joe Braverman inside the glass. For Joe Weil right in front of me, I'm Cooper Boardman saying so long. This has been Red Sox Review on WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.